It's time for the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Let's recap the latest weekly scores and highlights from around the county. Hello, everyone. This is Liv from the Palm Valley Cheerleading Team. Coach Beamer and the team want to wish both the Panthers and the Sharks good luck in this week's matchup. And now I'm excited to announce that Anthony Richards and the Todd are in the 32081 studios. And thank you, Liv, and the Palm Valley Cheerleaders for that great introduction. As always, I'm the Todd, and joining me on the podcast is Anthony Richards. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great, Todd. Ready to preview this huge matchup we got coming up. What huge matchup? There's a good football game going on? <laughs> I didn't hear about it. Oh, you must be talking about the nice Pontevedra High School game. <laughs> Just a little rivalry there. Um, Just a little bit. <laughs> you know, and not only a rivalry, but when they got – moved into the same district now it's a district so we've just kind of added fuel to the fire haven't we oh yeah no i mean not just bragging rights but you've got actual you know standings standings matter plus bragging rights so you don't just get to talk about for the next 365 how we're better than you the winner you get to actually you know go to the playoffs because you win this game basically now i don't think we we saw any real surprises nice was off last week and then as we expected Pontevedra traveled over to orange park and took care of business over there was there anything unique you saw in that? I mean, they stayed focused like we thought. They, they went over there, they beat Ponte or Orange Park uh, like we thought they were going to, and now they get to come back and focus on these. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I mean, other than the, I, I, I figured they would be focused, but other than the fact that them just going out and actually proving it, that's always a big thing. You know, when you're talking about you know high school kids, you know, you feel like they are, even if you feel like they are focused because they had good practice, and maybe they come out and, and they are looking ahead, but they didn't. They just came out and pretty much cruised to another, you know, easy 35, nothing victory over a pretty good, you know, orange park team. So they definitely weren't looking past them at all. And now, now that is over, they handle business. Now they can truly turn their attention fully to, uh, to the Panthers. Now, as we talk about turning uh, their attention directly to the Panthers, now we are able to welcome Colin drafts to the podcast so we can get a chance to ask him a few questions. Coach drafts. Welcome to the three, two, zero eight, one scoreboard show. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys having me. Looking forward to talking about some nice football. I don't know if you checked the schedule, but, you know, there's like a tiny little game coming up this week against Ponte Vedra, you know, a little rival there. Right. So, um, you know, Anthony, I'll just tag team with you a little bit here, ask you some questions because we know not this is not just a rivalry game, but this is also right. a district game. So yep. the biggest question I want to ask you is with the injuries that you've had this year and especially with mm -hmm. the defense leading up to this game, how perfect was the timing of the bye week for Denise Panthers? Uh, time to perfection. That's, that's why, you know, we're lucky enough we can kind of adjust the schedule accordingly. We did that, uh, you know, this schedule that we're playing this year was built uh, before last year. So we took a look at it and said, well, we're going to be playing Pontevedra in our district at least for the next two years. And why not uh, put that bye week you know, right before right before the big game, just in case somebody's injured, you need somebody to come back, and really just to kind of, you know, most people don't have their bye that late, and you say, hey, well, you, you got to play eight games before you even get a break. But I think it was perfect timing for us. I'm glad it worked out that way, and it's over now. We're we're back to work tomorrow. Yeah. So, coach, I, I know um, this is the second year. You know, having it later in the year, so they're kind of opening up with right. the rivalry. Uh, you know. Uh, how are you, uh, you know, just liking that? I know, you know, it seems like it's it's a, a good fit having it in October because this is when, you know, big time football is really supposed to be uh, supposed right. to be played. You know. No, I agree. I mean, my first two years here, uh, we played Pontevedra week one. And, man, you talk about a heck of a way to open up the season. I mean, that game just it, – it means so much to everybody 
to both teams. Um, you know, the first, uh, really, it was the first three years we did that, um, I believe. And, uh, you know, even when we, I don't really like it that way, even when we beat them in 2021, I mean, a monumental win for our program and first time beating them in, in a couple of years, obviously. It was just, it took so much out of you in week one and you're clawing through week two early in the season. So to have it uh, later in the season last year and this year, I think is a lot better. It's a district game, obviously, so you have to kind of have it at the end. But um, I think it's lined up well, obviously, for both teams. It's going to be a huge game, and I'm looking forward to the the competition. So, Coach, I want to ask you about Bryce Frick. Um, I met him down at your quarterback nation uh, camp down in Orlando, which, by the way, shameless plug, was a great camp, by the way, great one that you put on there. Um, And I had a chance to get to talk to him, and he's a great kid. One cool cucumber and everything. And he, of course, transferred over from Ponte Vedra. My question for you is, how is he doing right now from your perspective with the pressure of this game? Because I assume there's got to be some on him coming from Ponte Vedra, it being a rivalry game and also a district game. Yeah, I mean, I'll just talk about how Bryce is doing in general right now outside of the fact that we're playing Ponte Vedra and that that he came there. In my opinion, he's playing as well as anybody in the district is anybody in St. John's County and anybody in Jacksonville. Um, you know, he started, I, I think he's either started four or five games or I think it's four right now. He didn't start at the beginning of the year and he kept coming on as of late. But if you look at his statistics per game, he's going to be the top in every category. He's over 200 yards a game. He's had, uh, I think it's 14 or 15 touchdowns with maybe only one or two interceptions. So, I mean, he's playing lights out right now. Obviously he was, uh, you know, the player of the week last week uh in multiple media outlets you know we we had nine possessions and nine scores and and he had six touchdowns so he's playing top-notch football right now i'm not surprised in the least but he's such a good kid he works really hard and he's got a complete command now of the position and of our offense so i'm very excited for him to get the opportunity um obviously there's a little added um dimension there like you talked about before with him having been there Uh, but he's very close with all these guys man he lives in our community and he grew up playing with with a bunch of these kids so it was almost like he was coming home when he transferred over to us so i'm excited for him uh very early on i asked bryce what he wanted when he came over here and he said coach all i want uh is an opportunity and he got it and he hasn't looked back uh so it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch him play on friday night I know. Uh, I know, Coach. You mentioned you know how how close knit the guys are. You know they they know you know your your guys. You know the Nice guys know the Panavija guys. They grow up, to, you know, playing on the same team. You know, at times. So, so like it's just a, such a unique thing when you know you're playing that school down the road. Uh, right. You know, you, you know each other. You're so familiar with each other. You know, whether you're in the district or not, you're playing them every year. Does that create? You know, like some people would say, oh, that's an advantage because you you know them, but they also know you. So, like, does that create any uh, any interesting challenges just preparing for a team that you see every single year? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's really a lot of gamesmanship in that uh, because we are so familiar with one another. They know our personnel. We know them. uh, And I think both teams really do a pretty good job, at least schematically, probably holding some things close to the, you know, close to the vest as the season goes on. And there's always something that comes out you know, in, in, in the Pontevedra game that we haven't shown or they haven't shown. But at the end of the day, um, you know, they've got a good staff over there. I love our staff, too. So we're going to be prepared. They're going to be prepared. It's just going to come down to which team executes the best. Um, and I'm excited for that opportunity for our guys. I know we're going to be ready to get that done. Coach, last year, the big theme when we talked about defense was Sterling Grimes. 
because he was your only returning right. starter, if I remember correctly. Right. And this year, the the defense just really you can tell that one year of playing together, and you've got some some new players that have moved up. But I got to tell you, one of the exciting positions that I have loved to watch at Nice this year are your cornerbacks. Elijah Luckett yes. and Creel Carter yep. have just been. I I, I don't even want to say the term ball hawks because they're something else. I mean, they're flying all over right. the place. In fact, I think Creel had what I called a Superman deflection the other night where he basically flew over the kid and Correct. knocked it loose. How impressed have you been with these two and the way they basically shut down the outside for you? And it seems to me that offenses have had to respect that and they've had to play a little bit more towards the middle. Absolutely. I mean, that's something that we've been able to lean on throughout the entire year is the strength of our corners. Uh, you know, you've got Creel, Creel Carter, who's a senior. He's been on the program for four years, started last year and did some good things. But, man, he's he's night and day this year. I mean, just complete confidence with him, you know, being able to play man-to-man and lock guys up. And he's got three or four interceptions. And, on the, and when you have one, that helps the defense so much. But when you have two – and you have a guy who's as, as dynamic as Elijah Luckett, you know, him only being a junior, three or four interceptions as well. Um, obviously, a guy that plays with a, a ton of, of confidence and his ability to, to play man-to-man as well. And then what he brings to you in special teams with the block punts, the kick return for a touchdown, the block field goal week one to win the game in overtime. Man, he, those guys are playing lights out. And, um, you know, they're, they're a couple of our leaders on the back end, and they're going to be challenged you know, with some good players Friday night, but uh, I'll, I'll take those guys for sure. So, so uh, I know, I know uh, you know, you coach, you, you kind of, you know, Cam Smith, he had the injury, you know, early on, you're expecting to have him. And now all of a sudden, you know, week one, your offense is kind of, you're having to kind of just kind of, you know, tweak it a little bit as you, as you right. go. And right. then, you know, he comes back and that's a, a big deal. But that, now KJ Perry is kind of really right. developing, like in front of our eyes, you know, the last couple of weeks. Uh, right. We, well, you know, to have those two guys, it's really kind of this, you know, thunder and lightning seems like developing in a combo. Well, when, when when did kind of KJ, you know, just maybe the, the light switch, you know, like the, the light, uh, you know, light switch kind of flip for right. him? Did, did you see like a, like a certain point where you're like, this guy is finally, it's, he's getting it, you know? <laughs> right, for sure. Now, it's a really good question. And, and it really wasn't only Cam Smith. I mean, we went into the season down Cam Smith and down DeMarco Blackman, you know, who's the, the anchor of our offensive line. So we were not able to really get the run game going at all early on. It was definitely a struggle. But as those guys crept back into being healthy and then playing on Friday nights, um, and then with the addition, um, you know, of KJ, uh, you know, coming in, man, it's been it's been transformational for our offense because early on it looked like that we were going to have to morph into, you know, kind of this air raid deal where all we could do is throw the football. And as much as I love throwing the football all over the yard, I, I, I really love being able to run the ball. I want to be 50-50 because when you can do that, you can really tax a the defense. They can't just overload one way or the other. And I think the last two or three weeks we've really turned into a dynamic offense that can do both. And KJ has been a huge part of that. You know, so, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He, he actually, you know, the way he's played the past couple Friday nights has even been eye-opening to me. He got his opportunity, and he, and he seized every bit of it. I mean, some of those runs that he made last Friday were phenomenal. His patience, his vision to be able to find the hole and then explode through it and then really break tackles in the open field. I mean, he's a handful, so we're really lucky to have him. He's only a junior as well, you know, so just we just feel good about the playmakers that we have and being able to score points and really hang with anybody in that regard. You know, and, and before I ask my other question, Coach, tagging on to that one, how important was it for you to have Cam Smith as a senior in the role when KJ came over? Because Anthony and I talked about this. I've been watching him on the sidelines. Anthony was watching him on the sidelines. 
And it just seemed like they had a really good connection there and that Cam was able right. to have that senior leadership to help KJ adjust to the Nice offense. And it seems like it's been just totally awesome. No, it definitely has. I mean, I tell you what, um, Cam Smith, even though he got injured uh, the first drive last week, we still, as a coaching staff, gave him our Hammer of the Week award because he's just the epitome of a team player. I mean, I'll give you a good example. In the St. Augustine game, we were having success early on throwing the football and doing some quarterback runs. And so that means that Cam Smith is on the field a lot but not getting a lot of touches. And I realized that, and I said, hey, you know, during the middle of the game, I'm like, Cam, you know, hang in there. Your touches are probably coming. This is just what the defense is giving us right now, and this is why we're going this direction. He said, Coach, it doesn't matter to me what we do as long, we win, as, long as we win the football game. That's what type of kid he is. He That's did awesome. that last week. Yeah, he did that last week when he got injured early on, and KJ played every snap after that, and Cam's right there with him being as supportive as possible, making sure that he's still sound on his, you know, his assignments in between drives. So those two players have a great relationship. They're they're both as good off the field as they're on on the field as they are on the field, and we're very lucky to have both of them. There's no doubt. So you mentioned Demarco Blackman, and I refer to it as the Demo effect. And I I yep. remember the game that he came back. You could see that he was named a captain. The players yep. were rubbing his helmet. They announced his name. the 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 student section goes crazy. It yep. seems like ever since he, you know, you, you call him the anchor, but it seems like ever since he came back, that offensive yep. line found their identity. Like they were missing that one little piece. And now yep. it seems like KJ and Cam are benefiting that the offensive line are opening up some serious holes for them. And also mm-hmm. Bryce Frick and the receivers now have, have passing lanes because of that running game opening up. So right. how big of an effect was it not just from Demo's play standpoint, but for the entire offensive yep. line to get him back? Um, I, I think it was the, the, the biggest uh, element of change that we've experienced actually was DeMarco. You could go to all the, the playmakers with Cam Smith um, and KJ and Bryce and obviously Maddox and, uh, and Braden Felder and all. And those guys are doing a phenomenal job. But I always remind our team every year, and I'll say this on the podcast, that offensive line is the most important position in football it's the most important position on the team you're not going to have any success offensively if the o-line doesn't get it together you're not going to be able to control the ball and play um you know possession offense and, and really help your defense in that regard without a good offensive line they are the key and we've got a great group of guys that play o-line but when demarco came back he was the catalyst he was the missing piece he is the supreme leader of this entire team you know, so even though DeMarco's not out there throwing for 300 yards or scoring touchdowns, to me it's just been pivotal to have his senior leadership up front, uh, being the vocal leader that he is, and he really has been the 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 secret sauce, so to speak, for our offensive success that we've had this year. And I'm just excited that he's that he's healthy and ready to go uh, for this playoff run we're going to go on. And I know, uh, I know you mentioned Maddox. Uh, obviously, you know he's had a, a coming on year, you know, for him and, and just you know helping out the team with over a thousand yards now receiving. You know, I know with such young quarterbacks, you know, and having you know played two different quarterbacks, you know, and starting the starting role, but he seems to be that consistent guy that no matter who the quarterback is, you know, they know he'll find the open hole, you know, in in the zone or whatever, and, and he's going to be open. He's you know a nice outlet for them. Like how how important has it just kind of you know, bringing along these quarterbacks to know that, that you have a weapon that just knows how to get open and then, right. you know, make hay after he catches the pass like, like Maddox. 
Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a, a big-time security blanket, if you want to call it that, for the quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, a lot of times you can throw it up into double coverage. He's still going to find a way uh, to make the play. But, um, you know, I've said at the beginning of the year uh, to anybody that would ask me, I put it out there on social media, that Maddox Spencer was one of the best receivers in the state of Florida. You know, probably some people saw that, maybe had a good chuckle, but I stand by my word. Uh, you know, that, that I was correct. I mean, I saw it coming. He's a phenomenal player. He's elite. I mean, there's there's so many words you could try to pick to describe him. Sometimes it's just unbelievable what he's able to do on Friday night. So we're lucky to have him. If he can, you know, hold serve and continue what he's done the entire year, it makes it extremely difficult on defenses because you have to find where he is. And when you find where he is and you try to double team him, you can get the result that we got, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago when we were playing Flagler, where you see the the forthcoming of, of Braden Felder, you know, having two touchdowns and 120 yards, uh, and then you got to worry about him, and then it opens up the run game, and then you have KJ to run for 200, um, and then you have the offensive line playing well. You have other receivers that are that are capable. So Maddox really is at the apex of all that because schematically you have to figure out where he's going to be and try to take him away and then that can really open everybody else up so i'm excited for him and all the success that he's that he's had and uh, none of it surprises me coach last question for me is this regarding ponteviser's offense they've been very run heavy in my opinion this year they haven't utilized yep. their, their receivers as much as we've seen in the past right. you know we know they had the weapons there with landon okla and um, yep. cole madsen but also in their yep. running game they've had you know brian case and of course ben burke as a dual threat quarterback I'm excited to see the Nice defense because, like I said, we went over the the cornerbacks who have been playing fantastic, right. but also your defensive line with Jacob Curry and then Noah Hodge possibly coming back and Noah Hellyer right. and, and Mo on the end. Yep. You've got to be kind of excited how your defense matches up here with the weapons that Ponteviter has. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be pivotal and, and key, you know, how our defense can play that rushing attack and, and try to contain that. Um, look, I mean, they're good at what they do. There's no deny, denying that. They've been on a run, um, you know, all year, scoring points and, and playing well on defense too. But um, I love our guys. I love what we have. I love their mentality this year and their confidence and how much we've improved on defense. And it's going to be a battle. And, and really, when you every time you go into this game, you can throw records out the window. You can throw statistics, statistics out the window because of what this game means. But now, with all the the stat leaders, really, that both teams have in the area, and that they're playing for a district championship, as are we. Um, you know, they only have one district game left to play. So if they were to win it, they'd be they'd be champs. And then we obviously have to beat them and Tacoy. This might be the biggest Panavidra Nice matchup in the last ten to fifteen years. Um, and there, I don't even think there's been 15 years, right? The school hasn't been around that long. So you could argue this might be the biggest one ever. Uh, I'm excited for our defense, man. They're going to be tuned up, ready to roll, and, and give it their best shot, no doubt. And uh, just finally, I wanted to kind of you know, talk about like the, the defensive side of things for Ponte Vedra. I know like uh, you know they have three shutouts this year, which is, I mean for high school defenses, that's pretty that's pretty impressive. So they've been kind of holding their own. It seems like they have, you know, just kind of they've created this veteran kind of group now at this point, uh, right. you know, the last couple of years, you know, under Coach Price. And it seems like it's, you know, just kind of like it's kind of peaking, you know, all the guys yep. have been playing together. So it seems like they have a really cohesive unit. Like how do you, you know, you being like a former quarterback and all yourself kind of having that offensive mind, how do you, you know, I'm sure you notice it as well. Like how do you just kind of, you know, what, what, what I guess do they do really well that, that makes right. them be able to just stymie all these offenses, you know? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what they do really well is they're, they're just very sound, right? They don't make many mistakes. They keep everything in front of them. They're not going to really give up the big play. Um, so that's who they are. That's who they've always been. They've always been able to have that type of defense every year that I've been at Nice. You can count on, you know, Pontevedra's defense being sound. Um, on the flip side of that, I'm excited. I'm excited as, as, the, as, the, as the play caller. Our, our offense is going to be excited for that challenge because – you know, we're clicking right now on offense. I mean, we're playing extremely well, and here we are. We get to go against a defense that's played well all year long, pitched multiple shutouts, rivalry game. I mean, this is this is what dreams are made of right here, right? So I wouldn't want it any other way. We're looking forward to the challenge, and we're going to have a great plan going into the game on Friday night. Yeah, no, it definitely looks like strength against strength in so many matchups, yeah. you know, in, in areas. So I'm, I'm excited to just watch it. <laughs> Should be a good one, no doubt. Yeah. Well, Coach, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck, and, and we hope that uh, practice goes well this week, and we hope to see a great game on Friday, which I'm sure we will. Absolutely. appreciate you guys having me as always. Well, we'd like to thank Coach Strauss for joining us here on the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Anthony, that was a great interview. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it, it was interesting to hear his take on things. I think that he agrees this is going to be a great matchup. And it was really interesting to hear about – I really appreciate the question you asked about him being a quarterback and how he prepares for a defense such as Ponte Vedra. And it, it, I got to tell you, it's like, you know, you know when, when you can hear the excitement in his voice for this game. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. This, this is going to be a big game regardless. But this year it just seems, you know, kind of like – like we had talked about in the interview of like strength versus strength, you know, I mean, on, on both sides of the ball, every matchup you look at, you know, what Nice does really well, Pontevedra has done really well to combat that against that. So like, it's kind of just which, which one is going to win out, you know, and, uh, and the winner of this game is definitely going to deserve uh, most likely a district title. The one thing I'm excited about Anthony is that, you know, you kind of talked about it before about the importance of being able to want to watch these offense and these defenses go at each other. And we talked with drafts about, when the bye week came in their schedule. And I got to tell you, from a sports enthusiast and someone that really enjoys covering high school football, I'm glad Nice had the bye when they did because now we're going to get to see these defenses and offenses at full strength, and I think that's going to lead to one heck of a ball game. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely it helps It helps a lot. You know, you know, when the team that you, you know, de- you know devised everything around, the picture, like the team looks like this, and, you know, if you're missing pieces, it doesn't quite – it's not the same. You're trying to just kind of you know do the best you can. I want you know teams as close to 100 percent as possible so that we can really see that huge matchup you know play out. I'm not picking a winner in this one. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to do it. I think it's a toss. I think he said. I, I think Drass made it perfectly clear. He said you can throw all the records out the window when this this game happens. I think the one thing we know for a fact is going to happen is that people are going to be waiting a long time to get out of Ponte Vedra High School. I just we know <laughs> that right now because uh, traffic's going to be backed up, but. I just think this is going to be as and I'm going to use your term. I'm going to steal it right now. A barnstormer of a game. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be hard hitting. I think it's going to be offensively packed, and I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Whether or not you're a Nice Panther or Ponte Vedra, of course, Nice would rather be at home with their fans. But I think it's just going to be. This is going to be what Friday night night lights is supposed to be about in St. Johns County. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I can't pick a winner either. It's, it really is truly a fifty fifty you know, toss up game. I mean, I even struggle with like, is it going to be, you know, I can see both teams getting the thirties, like the winner being like 34, 31, but I can also see it being like 24, 21 where the offense, you mean, know, to make some huge plays for touchdowns, but also the defense counters with some huge plays of their own and keeps them both under 30. Um, I mean, I just, you know, I can't even decide if it's going to be like a, a shootout or, or a defensive showdown, you know? <laughs> 
Well, and we also know that we'll have a lot to talk about next week after this game happens on Friday night. So I know where you're going to be. I know where I'm going to be. So, and in saying that, I know where everyone in St. John's County should be if you want to see a great football game. When the News Panthers take on the Ponte Vedra Sharks with a 7 p.m. kickoff. So, thank you as always, Anthony, for being on the show. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you over at Ponte Vedra. Yeah, I look forward to covering it and, and seeing all the exciting action take place. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to catch Anthony Richards at the Ponte Vedra Recorder as well as on X at A N T N Y Rich. Again, that's on X at. A-N-T-N-Y, Rich, as I'm sure he'll have a lot of stuff leading up to this game as well as after it. For Anthony Richards, I'm the Todd. Thank you for listening to the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Thank you for listening to the 32081. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can join us for the next episode. I never miss an episode. It's the best. Until next time, take care.